In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witness. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. Everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. They're going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Welcome back to the Ensigns Podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Blaine. And it's 2020. And I am a year older. You, happy birthday. Thank you. Did I get you anything good? I don't know yet. It's the past. In the past, you haven't sent out a birthday list. It's the same as my Christmas list. So Chipotle gift cards all around. I just want you to come do work for me. You obviously didn't read it. Nope. Bought you a shirt. As we step in the new year, we have some practices that we use typically around events on the team and practices that we do use as we enter calendar years, though certainly God can operate and often does operate outside of our calendar and convenience. It's still helpful for us because that's the rhythm that we tend to live in. And so this isn't a New Year's resolution piece, but this is a, as you enter the new year, what are some strategies and tips we've practiced in other places that might be a helpful tool now? I know. I Because we're recording before the new year, I don't know how I'll feel then. But right now, I feel, like, feel great. I feel like I'm sliding into this thing in maybe a classic race car movie. This movie doesn't exist, but I picture the engine blowing, but the car is still moving, and the breathless fans are waiting to see if its inertia will carry it. Over the finish line. This isn't like a door is closing and you got to like get underneath it before it closes. Back. Reach back and grab one last thing. Hope your arm doesn't get trapped in it. In fact, I do like that image even more. Oh, so there you go. Dialing up into a new year after the end of one year reminds me of a poem. I think it's called Evening Hawk. And it, I can't think of the author, but it goes, if you listen, you could perhaps hear the world grind slowly on its axis or history drip like a leaking pipe in the cellar. Dialing up into a new year, or it can feel like dialing up. The practices we're talking about here don't need to be like that. And in fact, we've just finished a very busy season, at which point it's kind of appropriate to turn your heart to God and go, whew, okay, where are we? Just orient me again to what's going on because that was chaotic. Right. And when you say turn your heart to God, you mean have a cup of coffee and stare at the wall for 10 minutes? Perhaps. <laughs> Here's the thing that I find myself needing and doing as I end up in our smoking room downstairs with like a legal pad, just trying to get some of the internal confusion out of my head and onto the paper and go like, what happened last year? Why do I feel so confused? Why do I feel so like I get to the beginning of November and I see myself already in the middle of January after the whirlwind of the holiday season going, oh man, the next year is already happening to me. I am not walking into it. And I hate that feeling, but I can feel that all the way back in like November. The sort of questions we're about to go through can be reversed 
to ask about the season you are coming out of. And we have a practice here. We have a discipline of working through questions that help frame the season you're moving into. It can be as helpful to ask God, what have you been up to? What did you do? And Em and I, we had some friends who for years were moving through the adoption process and finally the kids came and it was just this beautiful story that at the end of the year culminated in an adoption and then they moved states and it ended in a whirlwind that could have been disorienting because it had this, oh, I, I saw this story going differently. And how many times have we said that? Oh my gosh. At the end of most stories. <laughs> exactly. At the end of the new Star Wars movie, I'm about to see what haven't seen yet. Mm. Uh, and we had to go, we actually had to ask about the season we came out of, Jesus, what was the theme? What did you do? You have the ability to interpret history to us after the fact. And God just really kindly showed this is part of the essence of the kingdom in this hour where people were brought in, loved, real, substantive, familial relationships formed, literally a family cohered, and then was sent by its loving community into its new season and place and to go, wow, right now where the kingdom is advancing, where that is the work of the people of God on the earth. He framed it as, boom, high fives, everybody. Huge success, though it felt like a little bit of confusion, a little bit of pain of parting, a lot of pain of parting. Yeah, I was going to say a little bit. Dial that up. Oh my gosh, dial that up to 11. Well, imagine you're walking with a family who's trying to adopt these kids and you're grieving with them and walking with them. And then it seems like the very thing that they're hoping for is going to happen, but you don't get to be a part of the story anymore. And you're like, what? Like how, how disorienting that is. And so for most people just operating on autopilot, it would be what a mixed bag, what a, like I'm celebrating with them and I'm also grieving that the story I was anticipating isn't going to happen and enter the question of God, what are you doing? What is your interpretation of this? What do we need to know so that this can shift from our grieving to potentially something else? Yes. So let's look at our season framing questions, bearing in mind that these can be asked about the season you are coming out of, and you may need to do that as much right now. And all you have to do is switch the verb tenses. So This has been adapted and expanded from what we do before an event. So even more specific than just a year or a season, this is something that we use for a weekend to go like, this oh, yeah. is a high stakes moment in time. Give us some clarity for the next week, assuming that things are going to shift after that week. So this is kind of insider. These are our notes, guides that we didn't come up with. No. We got to just sit and watch a team of older men flush out, walk out, hammer out, drop, add, and then we get to go, hey, guys, look what we found. Aren't we so smart? We're not. We're just hijacking it and offering it to you. For those of you scrambling for a pen, the 
questions will be in the show notes so you can copy and paste in your cell phone. But there are three parts to this process that we've found to be helpful. Frame the season. What is the season about? Next, opposition. What is set against that? And then third, provision. What is it in you and in your work, Jesus, that I need to take hold of to walk into what you want me to walk into? So here we go. First section, framing the season. So basic, but the the most neglected question in my life, what are you doing, Jesus, in this season? (laughs) Thank you for beginning with it's the most neglected thing because life is this moment and then this moment and then this moment. And it's, we've talked about that so many times of how it's so difficult to be asking that question of like, get me away from gazing at my navel. This is horrible. Somebody else give me some interpretation. Jesus, what are you up to? And there's, (sighs) there's multiple levels, right? So we're going to keep, make the subject me in this, but we use this document for like, what are you doing Jesus in this weekend retreat? Right. Or what are you doing in our small group in this season? Right. And and I've been a part of so many small groups that have never asked. And therefore we've we have missed the change in the season to our harm. <laughs> oh, and there's some things in this where I think our assumed knowledge of who Jesus is and what he's up to gets in the way. Or we just assume like Jesus is doing what he's doing all the time. And that never really changes that never, there's no nuance there. And that's really unhelpful because that's, that's actually not relationship at all to say like, well, I know what this person really is about, but I'm never going to like check in on them and what they're up to in this moment or in this relationship or in this evening, because they're essentially about healing and salvation and letting people know that they're wretched sinners without him in their life. And it's like, okay, that's so broad as to be completely unhelpful. And even going into an event that we've done, I don't know how many times now, it feels like more than it actually is, but we only do a couple a year now for many years. The event is the same, the content's the same, but it's shifting. So you'd assume Jesus is up to X, but it's amazing because we go in each time and it's like, no, this time I'm equipping leaders. And you're like, wow, we've got a group of leaders. Like, that's awesome. And then another time I might be, this is about deep triage. These guys are needing some serious healing. And you're like, okay, what about the leaders? Are there still leaders? Yes. So those things are still true, but there's a nuance. There's like, there's back and forth, there's relationship. There's so much more helpful data. That is so key. Tactics and strategy. Because you can go, what are you doing, Jesus? Setting the captives free and binding up the brokenhearted. You know, we're doing with me, fulfilling the Great Commission. We know where we are in cosmic history, but when and how and what part of that. So this is, you know, what are you, let's take it here. What are you doing, Jesus, in me in this season? And, you know, leading you into frontier, leading you into fathering, deeper healing, waiting, Sabbathing, right? It could be anything. And the less I assume, the better. Right. And those typically shift throughout the year, but I find that they're in um, abundant rhythms where it'll be like a, I'm calling you into rest and it's not for the weekend. It's probably for the next several months. That's what I mean by abundant rhythms. Like there's a spaciousness to it. 
And one of my words for last year personally was frontier, which I've mentioned, but it also felt like a personal piece of there were things I got to do as a dad that were new that could have evoked, even in someone who's had a good father to walk him into things, as I invited my kids into camping, I felt like a little boy. I felt like, oh my gosh, how am I supposed to do this? But I had the framing of, say, I'm like, we're going to be doing some frontier for you and I, that being the voice of God and that invitation for it. This is a little bit of framing for you. So when you feel out of your depth, that's actually not a bad thing. You haven't done something terribly wrong. That's so good. What's next? Next is another way of asking the same thing, but it's helpful to multiple passes. So the next one we just ask is, what's the theme of this season? This is where it becomes so fun because you can hear in the first one, what are you doing in me? And it's making you wholehearted. And you're like, okay. And so you would go to the theme and you could automatically fill in healing. But you'll ask, what's the theme? And he'll say, beauty. Or he'll say, deliverance. Or he'll say, people. It gives you a better picture of the way God is going to do the thing he says he's doing. Yeah. So what's the theme? We can go on to uh, three in framing the season. This one is huge. What do I need to know about my role in your kingdom? for this season. Yeah, this is clearly no longer 101. This this takes a little bit of ability oh to my hear gosh, and discern. Is. It's easier when it's not me, actually. Let's say you are a part of a group of men who have been meeting for like a couple of years and you need to know, Jesus, what do we need to know about our, our role as a group of men for this season? Because if Jesus tells you, I am equipping the men in your community through you. That would be super key to know. Or if he said your role, you are a field hospital as a group. And it's just the crazy thing of, okay, so he's doing something in you and it has a theme, but also the kingdom of God is advancing. We are at war and knowing what your role is in that larger conflict can actually just really save you from a lot of disorientation. Yeah, yep, it's really good. Fourth question in this category is just remembering we found to be really helpful. What prophetic words, images, or instructions do you want to call to mind, remind me of to frame this season? And if that phrasing isn't your particular flavor of uh, comfort, often what we get for that are... Bible verses that come to mind as like a, this is like a particular piece from Isaiah. This is a particular thing here. Um, but there's lots of people who get images, myself among them, like the Holy Spirit would be like, uh, for one event, I remember seeing this image of ships in a harbor and they were kind of small. They were like sloops. They felt like fishing vessels, but they were all like old and musty and the ropes were sort of frayed. And then I had a different image of the same boats, like with the wind in their sails being carried out to sea. And that was a very helpful image for me being like, I think those are the men. I think this is what you're doing. I think my role is to help that process from the first image to the second. So to have that was as powerful for me as having a verse, you know, the pieces of like, okay, this is what you're about. It's huge because I forget. And I can't tell you the, the number of times that Jesus has actually sent 
ample warnings in advance of something that's going to happen or or given me what I need and I just haven't remembered. And so this, <laughs> this practice. Yeah, that second one. Oh, this practice of, can you just remind me? And, you know, 2018, very hard year for me. And near the end, I was asking this question, what do you want to remind me of? And he reminded me that before anything started to happen that year, he gave me very clearly through different avenues the phrase, hold on a little longer. Mm. And I just started crying and I went, oh, you knew this would feel like just um, one thing after another, but it wasn't going to last forever. And there would be an end to a difficult season. And so your thing to me was this kind of don't lose heart, hold on a little longer. You'll think you can't keep going, go a little further and then you'll find yourself out of the season. And this is actually why it's really helpful to ask these questions seasonally or to check back in because that phrase is really kind, like just hold on a little longer. And that phrase actually, if you stop checking in, could become the mantra of a life that is, you've left God behind and it can be really trapping of like, yeah. just hold on, I just got to hunger down. I just got to keep pushing. I offer this because I've seen this happen to people where a phrase that was meant to be this banner to help carry them through a season becomes actually the line of oppression outside of that season. Once the grace has gone on to something else, once they sort of checked in a hundred times, they're still head down, burrowing away in this direction. And you're like, no, just hang on a little longer has turned into like a phrase of slavery for you. Yes. Okay. Yep. There was a guy, incredible young man, like a substantive person, peer of mine some years ago, who God had given him the, this too shall pass line. And it was a don't, worry, things that you thought were permanent are going to pass away. And years later, he he had just made it his life mantra. And the problem was, it was causing him to not lament things he should have lamented and not grieve right. things he should have grieved. And right. so just go, yes, the seasonality of instructions is key in a dynamic campaign. Yeah. And it's my like throw up of don't just take a small fraction of your walk in relationship with God and, and call that your roadmap and take off and don't check in. Like this works because you check in and update and there's a shift. And that's really good because there's shifts of the earth and shifts of our own seasons. Yes. Last question in section one, framing the season. And this is just about some area of your life that you are particularly concerned about. And so what are you doing in my blank in particular. And it's just really helpful. If there is something that you are kind of obsessed with this season, your, your artistic project, your dream, uh, the neighbor you've been reaching out to, your car search, your career, and go, whatever it is that you're obsessed about, it is actually not the entirety of your role and your glory in this season. So just give it a little attention in one question and Okay, and Jesus, what are you doing in my career in particular? Get some specific instructions or data about an area of concern. And it, it has helped me over and over where the years when I was in the house search, I was interpreting every word God gave me as pertaining to the house search. But 
that was wrong because the house search needed to be interpreted through what God was doing in my life those years. So, and that's sort of like the uh, grinning heads up of you may ask for a specific area and you might not want to talk about that. Yeah, you might say no. Framing the opposition is designed to give us a very full picture of what's called the unholy trinity, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And depending on your background and tradition, you will key in on one of these. I tend to key in on warfare more than I key in on uh, worldliness and just, you know, or the flesh, where I go, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. We know that the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion. But to have a full picture, you have to address all three. So opposition, five questions, starts with warfare, and then we'll move into the others. What warfare is set against me in this season? Same question, phrased differently, so this is still the same one. What strategies is the enemy employing to undermine your work? There's some of you going, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. And then some of you going, I don't know, where's my like fast forward button? There's a part of this where if there hasn't been some deep work inner healing in your life, some of that warfare might be just historic going after vulnerable, wounded places, particularly if what you're asking about is what has got up to and then shifting into what's opposed to that. And it's going to be, well, if your deep wounding is abandonment, there's a good chance that the enemy might still be using that. But not necessarily. That's where like the walk and your healing and your work is going to shift this and to go, okay, back to a boot camp example. There are times where it's confusion and cloudiness. And you're like, really? That's like, that's what the enemy is up to? And it's like, yes. If you can't understand what's being told to you, if, if you just feel under like a fog and the enemy is going to be very successful in stealing all that God has for you because you're just kind of walking through with a, a confused expression on your face. You, you think you're present because you're there, but actually you're missing everything and you are not walking close with God. And so the fruit of all of that is really horrible, though you may identify like, surely there's more destructive enemies out there. When you say the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, I don't put malaise with devour. That feels so innocuous. Maybe I just didn't sleep. And it's like, no, that can be a tool because the fruit is really bad. It's so helpful. Another example, the season we're coming out of, Jesus, what is said against this season? What is the, what is the enemy's strategy? Miscommunication. What? That's the enemy's strategy is to skew the interpretation of a short text message and go, oh yeah, over time, that can erode a relationship, that can blow up a team at work, that can tank a community, prolonged miscommunication over time. And knowing that, it, it was huge to go, you know, because I would get a text from a friend and I would look at it and go, what is with this guy? And then I would go, oh, wait. And maybe not in that moment, but later that day, bind, bring the work of Jesus Christ against miscommunication, refuse it, uh, lay hold of the provision and look at it again. It would be a totally normal message. And so what warfare? And it could be fear, death, hatred, 
to pick three at random. That might three be random rampaging kind of on, on the, the earth right now. Larger scale. And, you know, uh, that almost needs its own thing. I've just, yeah. it was like th- four days ago, three days ago, two days ago, 20 seconds ago. I like got through my day and I got to the end and it was like this slow descent into depression. And it was like, what is happening? Why do I feel this way? And to have the data of, oh, that hatred and death thing actually manifests itself in this way. And there's lots of other people who are not wrestling with depression, who are feeling depressed right now. That's helpful data that feels like swapping notes across the field going, if you feel this, I'm feeling this too. And therefore it should be suspicious. And you should, you should really be thinking about what, how real what you're feeling is or if that's what the enemy's up to. So, yeah, I'm just going to name a couple of examples because these are helpful. So you're asking what warfare is set against the season? What strategies is the enemy employing to undermine your work? I said miscommunication. What about physical affliction or overlooking or crisis? I can tell you many times. We've actually had that one where it goes, oh, the enemy strategy is just to keep one crisis after another. And they're actually all not that big a deal, but they can wrench you back and forth. And to know that, and there have been friends who have heard what's the enemy strategy, uh, like financial shock and go, really? But then all of a sudden the car breaks down and a medical bill you forgot about resurfaces and there's a storm and you have to pay insurance deductible and it can seem like, Father, where are you? We're just getting hit from every angle. But are you talking about you? I'm, this was actually not me, though. I realized maybe about a season that I had that was just like that. I should have asked. That's mm. uh, funny. That did happen to me. Um, Many of those very examples. Wow. So um, this is a big moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you're listening, is like also helpful to go, we're not doing this perfectly all the time. No. This is... As, as best we can, this is really helpful data. And when you don't have it, it can feel like the only reality and you can get totally taken out by this stuff. Yes. So what warfare, next question, uh, we just asked to clarify who's in charge. What is the ranking spirit? And can you give us a name? And it will surprise you. Like this year for many folks in the Ransomed Heart Orbit, you know, the warfare was relational and the warfare was a feeling of deep fatigue, but the spirit was death. And knowing that totally reinterpreted the year of, oh, this is about bringing about the end of things. And so it can be valuable data. Okay, and then the third one in the warfare thing, if you are married every season, you should ask, what warfare is set against my marriage in particular? This will really help you Often, if you're me, it won't help you proactively, but reactively, it's valuable. Okay, so the other two of flesh and devil, it's helpful to ask, what in my flesh is vulnerable or in the way of what you'd like to do? Like, what in me is in the way? Lots. (laughs) Was that what you heard this year? No, I just, that's like what it feels like the answer is going to be. I don't like asking that particular one. In the old daily prayer that dad used to do, it was like reveal all of the places of sin in my life that you can restore them. And he shifted that to, show me where you are working in my life. I don't need to know all of the places where I I am broken and not operating out of what I could be. 
And so that's where I, I throw this at that question of don't let the lots reaction get in the way. Um, there's going to be specific things. We, we have specific reactions in our flesh to specific problems. So when someone like the misinterpreted text thing, you may be someone who feels abandoned a lot. And so it's going to be the counterpart to that warfare. You feel a misinterpretation, you feel abandoned. So you react out of that. And it's like, well, that's where you are responding differently than somebody else. And that's your flesh aspect of the equation. And it would be helpful to know that that's going to be thematic, that that's going to be stirred up. And I actually have a lot of hope when those sorts of things come up because I don't think that God is an unkind surgeon to open things up and then walk out of the surgery room. I think when those things get brought to light, opened up, that they are meant for healing. And so there's things in the season that your flesh is going to be getting in the way and doing. I take that as hopeful that those things may be addressed at long last. That's really helpful. And here was mine from recently doing this question set of, you know, what in my flesh is vulnerable or in the way? And as you said, in one sense, everything in my flesh is in the way of what God wants to do. So why would there be something in particular and go, because this is war and not everything is relevant at one time. And what Jesus said was resentment. And I went, resentment? And he went, yes, resentment of what fighting for people costs you. And he was telling me, listen, we are all in process. And so staying in relationship with one another costs us something. And I could sense resentment building in me over what it was costing me just to maintain semi-decent friendships. And for him to expose that, oh my gosh, really big rescue already. Last one, the world. This is all in the opposition category. Five questions. Number five, what in the world is particularly opposed to your work in this season? And if you haven't listened to the Ransom Tart series on the world, you oughta, but I would sort of summarize the world. What, like an eight-part series? Yeah. Go on. Summarize it. The world is what your flesh would do to get what it needs apart from God. If you enthroned the self instead of God, how would the self run reality? When you ask about this one, you will be surprised what you hear because it's all the background stuff. And working through this worksheet recently, one of the things that I heard was, you know, what in the world is opposed to your work? And it was possessiveness of time and busyness and went, oh, the feeling of, listen, I'm really strapped. And so don't violate my schedule. God, don't ask for more. Don't disrupt it. You have to support my plan. Go, oh, the rush and the deep sense that my schedule belongs to me, that is in the way. And is distinct from your flesh, though they have some crossover. Oh, they ride together. But in the world, you have the aggregate flesh making a culture of the flesh and the culture has problems. Right. Helpful stuff. 
So let's go to our last category, the best category, provision. There are resources in Jesus for your season. And we just ask category to category, what is your provision in this season? Another way of putting it is, what is it in you, Jesus, and in your work that envelops the opposition? And so we will go through category by category and go, what is your provision for the warfare? What is your provision for the vulnerability of my flesh? What is your provision for the opposition of the world? And you will hear or sense very precise and helpful things because you would think it would be, what is your provision? The cross. But as you were saying about what God is up to, there are many different dimensions of the work of Jesus that will not all be relevant in the same way at the same time. Yeah. And this is, again, nuanced because there's believers of that will declare, we just need to worship our way. That's all it is. Like, why are we talking about provision? We just need to declare victory. And it's like, well, yeah, in some cases, yes, that's yes. And in other cases, having a little bit more specificity, if you watch the way Jesus operates through the gospels, he doesn't do the same thing to kick demons out. Now there are thematic ways, but there are ways where he like take Legion, for example, he needed to know their name in order to have the specificity. He needed to have repetition and this is Jesus. And so if you just want to be like, he's got it, folks, it's all good. You're going to have some problems. So this is where like the specificity thing is very helpful. If you are working in a church, there's going to be specific things that are coming against the health of that. And therefore, God is going to have specific provisions that are going to be straight to the health of the church or what you were up to in that season. And so that's where like, as you work your way down this rabbit hole for an event, again, that recurring example, when we hear uh, often like the making dry bones whole again, making yeah, Ezekiel. Living, that's a, that's a phrase we often get. And we don't take that as like, a bummer. That's a good thing. <laughs> There's repetition for something thematic, like an event. If the assault may be something like the fog, God may be saying that the provision is his breath. Like you were meant to walk around and be invoking the breath of heaven to blow through camp and clear away the fog. And if we just walk through camp being like, your victory here, that's not a un- helpful tool that's just not as efficient of a tool if that makes sense well it does to me so well that's not surprising some other really? oh you well. get it Blaine? <laughs> oh well if you get it we could just wow Sam. and roll the outro well explained y'all um, get it now but, oh let me tell you a recent one because it's so different like you know when you're asking what's the what's your provision for whatever you heard about the world you know you might hear the least of these, or you might hear Eden restored. You know, you could hear something very intriguing. But what Emma and I heard this year was, what's your provision for the world, the way that the world is set against us right now? And he said, confession. And we went, oh, because the brand of the world that has been set against Emma and I is um, a kind of, you can't challenge my norm. Like we are, we're all good 
And as long as we're all good, we're all good. And we're like, oh, we're really disturbed by that. And, and how do we expose that and wanting to among our friends, my drive is to go, let's just expose how this is counter to our life in God. And Jesus's rescue is go confession and Mm. like, and confession as a strategy, you can get out of all of that world assault by going, oh yeah, well, my fear this or my, like just to go, my security is in God's rescue, Mm. not in me nailing it, which is helpful right now to world warfare. Totally. So let's do the last two questions uh, that are pretty basic, very helpful. What personal instructions do you have for me to help my alignment with you in this season? The instructions one is so fun because it reminds you that a life with God is actually very enjoyable. And you might think, what personal instructions? And if you're me, you think God's going to say, pray every day or spend more time together. But he has done things like, don't forget Sabbath or wilderness. Engage the wilderness for the health of your soul. Don't forget about the health of your soul. Or the instructions might be return to these words, like don't neglect pursuing union with God. However, lots of things promote union with God. And so your instructions might be like, what personal instructions? And he might say, no leading. You're like, really? Yep. You're going to get asked to lead at work, at church. And your answer in this season, until I tell you otherwise, is no. It will save you to know that in advance. The anything else one is because no set of questions can actually give God the full opportunity to tell you what he would love to tell you about your season. And so anything else? And he might say, don't forget joy. Or he might say, yes, you didn't ask me enough about warfare. You need to know about this thing too. Or, Mm. um, I mean, last year, I ask anything else, and he, he says, get counseling. Oh, yeah. And how'd that go? Great. <laughs> Need some more. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yep. These are all so good and so helpful and presume a willingness to set some time aside to walk through it. For Susie and I, when we get a word for the year, we let it be spacious. We let it be over the course of a couple of weeks, we'll be asking for things. And so you you can do that. You can take one of these questions and just kind of marinate in it for some time. But when it comes to an event, we gather up as a team and we pray for an hour through these questions and write down the answers and then go around and swap notes and compile them all and go, great, this is a long document of data for us now going into a four-day event. So if we do that for that kind of a thing, how much more for your year that has 361 other days? Like, come on, this is super helpful. Super helpful. And I think your thing of taking time is helpful. And it's helpful, what you said at the beginning of God's seasons don't always line up with the calendar. And so ask. It's so helpful to ask, when is my season changing? 
or on, you know, every once in a while to go, when should I do these questions? Because Em and I did them in the beginning of December. But that was when he goes, your season is shifting now. You need the new data now. You can't wait until the middle of January when you have a free evening. So plan the night to do it. Invite those who you would like to participate. And it might be just you. It might be just you and your spouse. It might be you and a trusted friend are going to go through it together. But ask God when your season is shifting first and then get the data about the season because there's nothing more frustrating than sitting down for a listening prayer time and hearing nothing because God's not in it. <laughs> 